Hello, everybody. Welcome back to your Hard in the Paint podcast. I'm your host, Matt, and again, joined by Michael on this wonderful January 30th of our 2021. Our Lord and Savior, Joe Biden, is the president. We haven't talked about that yet. But before we get to any of that, as well as potentially the least entertaining NBA season in the past 30 years, we need to give a special shout out to our sponsor for this episode of Heart in the Paint podcast, and that is Dewar's Blended Scotch Whiskey. Now, you might be familiar with Dewar's over at your local liquor or alcoholic beverage company store, but did you know that Dewar's is in fact double-aged for extra smoothness? That is correct. I personally prefer the white label blend. Um, The one I I have here is uh, number uh, 126, and it's won over 500 gold and prize medals coming uh, straight from Perthshire, Scotland. Uh, so uh, head on over to their website, which will be in the description below, as well as uh, give them our code hard in the paint for 10% off your first order of doers so you can make it through this NBA season a little bit easier. And with that, let's hop right into things. You know, we've had a lot of great advertisers on this show, but I don't think we've ever had an advertiser as good as uh, J.J. Reddick, as well as Duncan Robinson's uh, podcast, you know, falling into line with his current, I guess, NBA star he's a fan of. I don't even, like, know if you can say, like, J.J.'s an old school star that people pay attention to, but... They clearly come from the same cloth in terms of how they play the game and and all that. And uh, I would recommend to listen, uh, definitely. As well as uh, one one I've listened to recently was John Lucas on the Gilbert Arenas pod. That was kind of interesting to listen to. Uh, talking about playing in China and stuff, it got me thinking about who could be the next Chinese superstar that's currently in the NBA and doesn't know it yet. Uh, that's a topic for another time uh what we need to get into is really the part two of last episode and that is the nets finally got james harden and what the hell is going on over there as well as houston's not a bad team anymore houston seems like it's got some like eighth seed legs to it so i mean michael why don't you hit us up with the lowdown here what's going on with the nets all right so on january 7th Kyrie basically went missing and then on january 16th harden uh, played his first game with the Nets. Played the first two games with KD. They looked amazing. Not going to lie. It, it, I was like, oh, goddamn, this could go really bad, actually, for the East. Uh, and then January 20th, Kyrie shows back up. So now we have, like, all three. And they are fucking triple-headed monster times a triple-headed monster dude it's it's blue eyes ultimate white dragon type of shit they are amazing on offense they are absolute trash on defense (laughs) so i don't know man it's it's gonna be a wild ride they've they've been very good when they've been good but when they're bad they've been very bad as you know evidence of that uh cleveland game uh, where Colin Sexton basically torched all three of them. Yeah, that was uh, definitely the biggest wrinkle in the armor, the, the the chink in the cloth there, and that was Colin Sexton in that double OT game. And I was, I saw highlights of it, and I was just like, what the fuck happened here? Like, 
it's weird, right? It's almost he basically broke the system. I don't really. Uh, the good news is that it it shows that the Nets are definitely beatable, right? Like they have uh, a very clear flaw, and that's just they don't play defense against like a a skilled guard, mostly because you're throwing out Kyrie, Harden, Joe Harris in crunch time, in kind of the last six minutes of a close game, and obviously none of those three guys are defensive guys. Um, so if you have like a decent guard who can score or facilitate, so you know, I mean, a healthy Kemba could theoretically wreck havoc on this team. Um, but then again, I mean, like offensively, like they are on a, <laughs> they're just like insane. I mean, they could each get to like 25 a game, yeah, yeah. Uh, th- that's kind of the same analysis I had was almost similar to the Cleveland teams and like even the Miami teams, you know, if you could like transplant a prime D Rose into today's game, uh, that would just tear them up so hard because at the point of attack, you already have a losing matchup, uh, you know, and then on top of that, you know, Joe Harris, and I said this last time, I think he seems like kind of like the odd man out. Like, you know, imagine if that was PJ Tucker in that Houston deal. I would feel oh, so dude, much better so. about this team. Well, especially because you wouldn't have to play DeAndre. Yeah, exactly. The is the Jared Allen thing is is huge because you just I was watching. I think it was maybe Hawks and Nets, and I watched like the first like six eight minutes of the game, and it just it was so obvious that DeAndre Jordan was just completely at, like lost. He just he just couldn't keep up. And you throw Jared Allen in there, and, and it feels like, you know, you just shore up, like, 20 points the other way, like, defensively. Which you know? is uh, funny that Cleveland beat them after they made that deal. Right? Hilarious. <laughs> but, oh, man, I mean, it it looks pretty good. I got to say, Philly, I wouldn't say they have, reg- like, they're 100% uh, regrets right now over Harden, but... If they meet up in the Eastern Conference Finals or something, and Harden ends up being the X factor, I don't. I think Philly's gonna really regret just not biting the bullet and taking him, and you know swapping Simmons down to Houston or something. But I don't know. They, the blueprint is there to beat them. I just don't know if somebody can beat KD because KD looks amazing. <laughs> Well, and on top of that, you know, playoff time comes in, like, you know, playoff KD is better than regular season KD, and you could say, you know, Harden's good for one or two rounds, Kyrie will win you, like, a couple games here and there. Uh, So, I guess in the East, really, looking at all the matchups they could have, you know, Kemba would be that only real one-guard spot that could really scorch him. I mean, you think in the West... You know, maybe Steph, uh, Dame, obviously, Luca, um, Jamal Murray. Luca I guess you call yeah. Luca a guard in that respect. I honestly might throw Donovan Mitchell in there. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see of, it. He's, you know, he's not like super big, but he's bigger than Kyrie. And Kyrie struggles against anybody who's basically bigger than him, which is why he like does well against Steph, because Steph is just not an imposing, uh, physical like physical type of guy. Right. All right. That would be a sick matchup, though. Kyrie versus uh, Steph again in the finals, this time with KD on the other team. 
That'd be a decent storyline. Not that it would happen, but it'd be a funny story. Yeah, but no clay. Yeah. I mean, unless like Bradley Beal somehow gets flipped in there and acts as like a like a a two three version of Clay. Well, we haven't even made it eight minutes yet. We're already talking about Bradley Beal. We gotta slow our roll down. Bro. <laughs> How about the ringer absolutely being like, we're gonna ship Bradley Beal to like these eighteen different teams? Oh, dude, it's it's bad. I don't know. I don't know who's who's been worse to just you know the the, the casual fan this week. Uh, the ringer with Bradley Beal trades or or Robin Hood with the Game Star. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, before we go back to Bradley Beal that we do every single fucking episode, it feels like, because somehow that's the one guy that we always say needs to get traded to some team and never gets traded. Pretty sure, pretty sure that was since the inception of our podcast. <laughs> that was literally what our founding principles were, is talk about Bradley Beal getting traded. <laughs> and uh, so before any of that happens, we need to talk about the other half of this deal. And that is... The Rockets now, they did make uh, a couple trades here and there, which seemed pretty solid. They got uh, Kevin Porter Jr. as kind of their small forward now, which seems like he's doing a great job. So we got the Kentucky connection back together. You know, PJ Tucker still rocking. Oladipo seems, I don't want to say he's back brilliant. to 100%, but he's pretty good. Uh, so I, I kind of like this team. Like, uh, it seems like a really solid Eastern Conference team. Yeah, I mean, I think is the West is so stacked, but otherwise they are going to fight for that. Uh, I guess like that eight, nine, 10 kind of spot where it's like, you just have to kind of come within a few games and you can have that play in game. Um, because honestly, the way the Mavs are kind of going, they, they're without Kristaps Porzingis looking healthy. They might that might be a team that falls out, which could o- potentially open up a spot in the West because T Wolves are sunk, Kings are sunk, Pelicans are sunk, and I would theoretically think the Thunder are gonna like try to trade more to get more picks and just kind of tank out, which could put the Rockets like tenth or like right there on the cusp of it. Right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So they haven't been, you know, they've just been kind of like solid. Which I don't know if if that's actually good for them in the long term, right? Like, realistically, they would rather, uh, you know, have like a top three pick. Right. They are not a contender by any means, right? Like, you know, they make the playoff and then they lose. That's the sort right. Of... But is that actually good to just make the playoffs? Like, I mean, I think me and you have said multiple times that now you just fucking tank it all away, and you know, if you're gonna make the eight seed, you might as well make no seed in that regard. Yeah, I mean. You know, if this was like Memphis, I think it's worth it to try and, you know, be like an eight seed or like a nine seed, right? Where you have a bunch of guys who your core is kind of already there. They're young. They're all on contract, rookie contracts, and they have no playoff experience as opposed to this mishmash of like a Rockets team where it's like you don't realistically expect PJ Tucker to be their long term or even really Oladipo to be their long term. Probably not Boogie. You know what I mean? It just kind of seems like a, uh, like a, like a turnstile type of season. Um, that's why I think it's just, you know, it's just kind of like a, they're catching teams maybe on the right night, maybe thing. And then over the course of the season, it regresses and they end up being, you know, more like a 12, 13, 14 seed or something. Definitely volatile year. And maybe, you know, when you think about John Wall and Cousins in particular, Oladipo even, you know, coming off of 
not a great injury history so a little bit of a redemption saga for them if they can get you know plus five you know over 500 i think that's more than people thought of you know a lot of people going into oladipo and cousins and wall were like now this trade is you know houston's gonna fucking take it all away and it doesn't seem like that i mean it seems like you know christian wood is the sneakiest most improved player at this regard which is fucking wild to me and then boogie has a ring whether you like it or not so i mean they got championship experience championship on experience. the team <laughs> uh but let's uh let me let me say this though and that is you know last time i wanted to bring up something we brought about last time and that was you know we said harden was maybe insurance policy for kyrie irving now of course two day a couple days ago we saw Harden being insurance policy for Kevin Durant. He wasn't there, and then they scored 147 points in a regular season game. So where do we stand on this? Is is this stuck, or is there still movement possible here? Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting, because you got the two MVPs, and you got Kyrie, who's basically a... a Consummate all-star, right? yeah. I mean, he's like... What do you think about... Uh, Katie's obviously like the alpha on the team just because he's their best offensive player and probably their best defensive player. Oh God. Uh, because he can also like guard like LeBron and AD and probably fucking Jokic and Jason Tatum and uh, you know, Ben Simmons and like anybody else that they're going to go through. Um, I kind of thought initially it would be, you know, like who takes the last shot, KD one, Kyrie two, Harden three. But now it feels a little bit more like that. Uh, I think it was like the 2013 Miami team or 2013 when they had Ray Allen, where it's like you have Wade, you have LeBron, and you have uh, Ray Allen. And it's just like whoever has the best shot takes the shot. Um, you know, as opposed to like trying to force it to KD at the end. Or, you know, I kind of thought maybe Kyrie would try to take it just because he's kind of theoretically the third guy, but he doesn't want to be the third guy. So he might try to outdo it by basically trying to take like the last shot you know <laughs> yeah. be a little be a little kobe yeah um but then you know harden is super fat but dude he's he's getting to the rim so easily that's so funny to me is he, he definitely is overweight like compared to he's so fat dude you could you could just look at it looks like he gained 20 years the last six months and i'm just like dude he ymca ready Okay, so if so you had to pick two, and you don't know who you get anything for for the third person, who would you pick? Uh, I mean, you want KD to be basically the steady guy, and then I think you want Harden to be the steady guy. Um, just because Harden's the bigger guy, the bigger guard, right? So he can also like he doesn't do this like often at all, right? But he sometimes like plays a little bit towards the post, which is something Kyrie just can't do. Um, and then, you know, Kyrie's kind of like the, the X factor, right? It's like, if he's able to go off and score 40, yeah, you're just, game's done, right? Like, um, and if he's able to do that, you know, maybe two or three games in a series, they're going to win that series. So I actually kind of think now I'm kind of going the other way and putting Harden above Kyrie, which I don't know, maybe I'm like a you know, another like half a season, like could flip again just based on like how injuries go. But 
I would say Harden's probably the more reliable one than Kyrie, which is kind of meaningless once you get to the playoffs. Because if anything, it's been Kyrie has proven in a game seven that he can make that shot, and Harden has uh, obviously not, you know, come up clutch in uh, elimination games. Yeah, and and that's what I was going to get to is you know. Uh, I think everybody would agree, okay, you keep KD, so now you choose Harden or, or Kyrie, and I believe the correct answer is choosing Harden. Uh, and I think you can actually make an argument for both sides, like kind of like you're alluding to here, where Kyrie has at least made it to the top. He's been all the way there. You may say Harden's been there to an extent. Uh, and, you know, Kyrie has, on top of being to the top, also had a, you know, especially that... Uh, that first Cleveland year, you know, they had the injury problems and maybe even the third and fourth Cleveland year. There was some questionable Kyrie injury history, uh, as well as in Celtics land. He had some injury problems. So definitely a, a robotic character that you got to take time to repair. And that could hit you at just the wrong spot. Whereas Harden, you know, hasn't really needed a lot of repair, but kind of breaks down on his own way, uh, you know. Yeah, and part of that might just be you have to do so much, right? Like usage of the ball, whereas at least now you can rely like easily just like let KD do stuff. And KD's playing like ridiculous. I mean, how did this dude tear an ace like his Achilles like eighteen months ago? And now right. He's yes. Like I'm just like holy shit. Like it's got to be KD one of the best is... recoveries in in history is that ACL or Achilles uh, recovery. Yeah, I mean. The pace he's going, he's going to be in top four MVP. If they make a finals run, KD is like a top 20 player all time. Like, if he's able to do this, like, this year, maybe one more year after that injury, oh, my God. I mean, we're talking about, like, the top 20 guy. <laughs> well, it's a game changer, right? Like, uh, that would that would sort of uh, rewrite the checkered past of Achilles injuries. Well, it's just nobody's ever done it, right? Like... You know, like LeBron has never actually had like a a real big injury and then had to come back and like prove it, right? Uh, Jordan like never really had like an injury. I mean, he had the had the like, foot the, thing, the baseball yeah. retirement thing, right? But like, it's not the same as just like physically being out of it. Like Kobe was ne- never able to come back. We haven't really seen Clay yet, so maybe Clay will like prove this too. But yeah, Boogie hasn't come like, back, you know. Yeah, I mean, these guys, like Derrick Rose, right, never came back. I mean, as far as we've seen, once, like, an MVP guy gets there, they're never, uh, you know, able to come back to that MVP level. Right, and so it's if like he the does, ship sails, like, that'd yeah. Wild. I mean, we're talking, like, rewriting, NBA, like, 75 years of NBA history. On top of that, just, like, sort of the medical field of it all, you know, that we don't really see not being doctors and sports physicians and everything like that i mean i'm sure that whole science behind it's just crazier and maybe there's some evidence to him being uh you know a little bit of a stick man and why that achilles recovery is a little bit easier on him that's true that's true for a seven footer he's not as heavy now conversely you got got porzingis that's got the same problems so i mean we'll see but uh, i mean do you buy the nets being top dog in the east i do i can see it i like i can legit see that future my problem is like you said the defense yeah it's bad it's it's really bad like like 
you're basically playing. It's like they should there's be in the no Western effort. Conference. Like, there's just no effort. Like, we just need to switch them and Memphis and be like, oh, jeez. Or like them in Houston. Now, do you think it's it's so I I want to say it's like an effort thing, but maybe they legitimately don't actually have the pieces to put together like a decent defense. Well, well, well let's, yeah. let's think about it for a second. Okay, you got Mike D'Antoni, you got Steve Nash, right? <laughs> Very <laughs> offensive-minded people running your ship. Okay, I mean, let's be honest here. They don't got like. Not that Doc Rivers is a great defensive coach, but they could go next door and grab up Tibbs and really play defense if they wanted to. Yeah, that's also a way to like completely tear Kyrie's knees <laughs> apart. But you could win. Like you could definitely get really far with that for one year. I mean, so they have they have Shamit, right? True. That's part of the deal. So you have Shamit Durant. I mean, I, I guess you have to throw out DeAndre, right? It's like he's the only big they have. That's three. And then obviously Harden Kyrie is like, ah, that's so bad. Like, in terms of just like guard defense. If your best defender's DeAndre Jordan, I think you've got a problem. I don't know. Kevin Durant's like a pretty good defender. I think he's an underrated defender. I think he's okay. I think he's not a liability in any regard. However, I do worry, like, you know, once playoff time comes around and they really start exploiting stuff, it'll be Joe Harris and Kyrie Irving pick and rolls, or Joe Harris and James Harden pick and roll. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, the crazy thing, right? It's like... <laughs> Jeez, like who, do, like, who do they try to hide on defense? You can't because... hide that many people. Yeah, I just like think about if they get matched up with like Milwaukee or or even like uh, Miami. I think Boston's like the most interesting because Boston could just you throw out like Tatum and Jalen Brown, and it's like, all right, Katie gets one of those, but like who gets the other, right? I mean, I assume like all right, Katie like matches up against like Tatum because I think Tatum's like slightly taller. And it's like, who has to guard Jalen Brown? Because that guy runs around the court a lot. Yeah, and then on top of that, you got you know, Kemba and Marcus Smart and Tristan yeah, Thompson. Yeah, Kemba's like smaller. At least you can throw like Kyrie on a Kemba. Or, like, well, you got to throw a big Kemba. body on Tristan Thompson. Oh, man. Are we about to see a DeAndre Jordan, Tristan Thompson in the Eastern Conference Final? Yeah, that's about <laughs> to be a great Twitter exchange. <laughs> Wait, do they have, they have Jeff Green, right? Yeah, and Dinwiddie. I guess we're. I guess I'm discounting. Din they get the Dinwiddie. But is Dinwiddie really going to come back? Good point. Yeah. Good point. I mean, I, I don't know if the schedule is going to allow him to come back, just with how tight it is this year. Um, yeah, not unless they they made they got delayed yeah. again for COVID or something. That's what I was gonna say. Like, unless there was like a hiatus where it's like. Maybe the regular season's done, and then they put in like an extra two weeks in between playoff time, and then maybe he comes back like in one of the later rounds, like conference final round or something. So then it's like almost four months, but yeah, it's still pretty tight. Definitely. So, so let's uh, let's uh, hit up the Bradley Beal question because we haven't talked about it enough yet. So, twenty three minutes in, we're talking about Bradley Beal. He kind of went a little bit nuclear uh, in recent days. Well, he's he's 
leading the league right now in points, points per game. Per game. Like, exactly. <laughs> the problem is the team is dead last. <laughs> <laughs> like they're not just like uh you know like in the figuring it out type of stage of like figuring out like the Russell Bradley Beal thing. They are just absolutely trash. Like they are the worst team in the league. So what it reminds me of is like the, like two years ago when Devin Booker had that crazy run of points. It's like the ultimate good stats, bad team guy. And uh, yeah, but this shouldn't be having a Bradley Beal. Like this, like we never. I don't know. I never really considered like Booker like a, like an all star. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. Or like a game changing type of guy in a like a in a championship. Like he could you know be the second best guy on a championship team. I don't. I don't really think of Booker, at least right now, in that in that way. Whereas. You know, if it was like Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, I would consider that to be like a contender for the finals. Well, here's the thing with Bradley Beal is, is when you watch the fucking game, it's like he yeah. passes the eye test of like, this guy's just head and shoulders above everyone else out there on the offensive end. Yeah, this guy's like one of the, I don't know, top 15 guys in the in the league. At least on offense, you know. It's like that team looks completely lost without him on the court. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because... I don't know. Maybe maybe I had too much faith in like Westbrook being better. To like, the floor for Washington would just be higher. Where it's, um, you know, even in the minutes where it's like Beal's not playing, you could just have Westbrook run the show, and you're good. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna, uh, you know, win like an NBA Finals with that. But you're gonna make the playoffs with the combination of just like having Westbrook and Beal. <laughs> And I have no idea what the hell is happening. But, like, Beal is, like, his, have you seen his usage rate? It's, like, ridiculous. It's, like, almost 40. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, hard in levels. Like, and we said that last year, too. But, I mean, it's even worse. Like, you know, just to, like, put this into, like, context for, like, our less uh, stats, like, literate uh, listeners. Like, usage rate is 100% for the team. So if an individual player is 40%, that means like the other seven guys that are playing in that game add up to like 60. <laughs> yeah, not to mention you run, you know, 10 deep. So it's like divide that up and you got Westbrook on your team. So that's probably the other 30%. So it's like 10% divided between Bertans and like Robin Lopez or something. I don't know. So I've been thinking, like, do you think it's just a coaching problem? I, I just think Scott Brooks has to go. Do you think like if they just... Have no. coach, they could just they could write the ship real quick. No, I think the ship's fucking gone. I think it. I think it nine eleven itself off a dock. Like, I mean, that thing's just fucking. You know, just like these GameStop stocks, they're just fucking gone right now. I mean, come on. I just I can't figure out why they're so bad though, because Westbrook Beal, Bertans, uh, what's the what's the Jew, uh, the rookie. <laughs> Have... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just saying that after the stonks thing just got me. <laughs> and then and then you got Isaac Bonga. They got like... Sadoransky still, I think, right? Oh jeez, I don't know. Don't they have oh they have uh Rui Hachimura's uh, pretty solid. Rui Hachimura, yeah, and yeah. uh they have another big uh Admiral Schofield is on that team. <laughs> I think. This is how much I watch Washington. I really don't give a fuck. I guess like what I'm saying is they have Westbrook and Beal as your backcourt, basically. And they have enough bigs. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not understanding where the problem is. Because you could throw, like, Roy as, like, your 
three, and then he seems like a really solid third choice. You know, like Beal and Roy basically make up your two three, right? Whichever way you want to play it. Westbrook's basically your one. Uh, Bertans is like I guess your four slash five. Yeah, he's Thomas. Bert, no, what's his name? Davis. Damn, You're talking about Bertans, like, right? Yeah, no, there's like there's like a black dude. He's like a, a big on the team. Is it Mahimi? Do they still pay him money? <laughs> I don't think it's him. Oh man, whatever. They, I guess, like what I'm saying is like structurally, this team isn't just like a like last year's Knicks, right? With the last year's Knicks, were just had like they were like, let's have nine power forwards and two guards, and we'll just see how it goes. Like, <laughs> it actually does make sense on paper, which is why I don't understand why it's not translating, especially in the East. You get gimme games in the East. Like, you play Chicago. You get to play Orlando without faults. Like, you you play the Raptors. You play the Knicks. I mean, come on now. Hey, man. The, the Knicks, Hornets. The Knicks are hovering around 500. Well, I had the I had the Hornets sneaking in as, like, an AC. I believed in Gordon Hayward and Lamoa. <laughs> You believe? But, uh, okay. I show did. me that jersey, I... <laughs> bro. I will show you my YouTube history dating back to like 2014, being like, "Look at Lamelo Ball video." <laughs> you mean that like, Chino Hills High School video where he yeah, scores dude. like 116 or something? Yeah, dude, I was like, I was like, out of the three Ball brothers, I'm like, dude, this is the one I believe in. This is this is the this is uh, where I invest all my stock, bro. Well, it's good you but, didn't pick the second one because he really shit the bed compared to the other yeah, two. Yeah, dude. But it's just like Washington, it's, it's... I think the frustrating part about it is that it feels fixable. And it feels like mm. it's very close to being fixable. But I, I don't know just because the Wizards are not exactly like a like a premier uh, franchise, right? Like Their front office of just... is definitely, exactly. yeah. So, to me, I don't know. I just want to throw, like, a different coach in there. I'm surprised Scott Brooks has been a coach this long. Mm. So, if you were going to be able to write the ship, what would you do? Like, where would you start? You'd start with the coach? Yeah. Gotta get... I feel like you just gotta get somebody who's more... Imagine you could just pick anybody. Yeah, I mean, I guess not, like, specifically anybody. I guess, like... What was the Indiana coach uh, who just got fired like this past summer? Uh, Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan. Let's throw Nate McMillan in there, right? Like not exactly like a flashy name, but I feel like that's a guy who could at least figure out how to get this team to like roughly 500, mm. right? And then, you know, they're like, well, I guess not 41, 41, but like 36 and 36 going into the playoffs. That feels like a success to me. What about uh? What about the old Toronto coach before uh? Oh, Dwayne Casey. Yeah. But he's, bro, have you seen the Pistons? They are awful. But maybe he needs like a team that actually is going upwards or like could go I somewhere. I think so, man. I think Dwayne Casey. The fact that like his offense it just seems so ridiculous. Like his offensive schemes too simple. Yeah, they just they just don't make sense, right? Because he doesn't know how to use like a three point shot like in in a system. I mean, we've seen it in Toronto. We've seen it basically with this Pistons team. Um, speaking of disappointments, dude, that Pistons team is super disappointing. I really thought Blake was going to have like a, a, a re- yeah. comeback here. Yeah, me too. A revival. And it's it's just sad. Like it's sad how ridiculously done that team is. And I will is watch Derek it for Rose. about the first five minutes just for a D Rose highlight, and then I kind of just turn it off. It's just. I don't even, you don't know, it's almost like he, 
almost look like he just he's so depressed when he plays. Like he just looks so broken as like a player in terms of morale. Yeah, he looks pretty frustrated. Like he needs to be on a winning team for. I know. I was hoping somebody would trade for him. Yeah, I mean, even like fucking. I don't know, like Philly. Like, just put him on something with a little bit of aspiration behind it. All right, Philly might be the wrong problem. That's what they had. That's that's what the, the issue they had last year. Right? I was actually thinking more like Denver. I was like, dude, just get rid of Michael Porter Jr. and just take like Blake Griffin in there and just just roll. Jokic and Blake Griffin can both pass. Like, it could actually be fun. That's not the worst idea I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, Denver, though. Uh... You know, to uh, kind of get our Western Conference viewers in the loop here. I mean, it seems like Utah and Denver and the Lakers yeah, are kind of like corner, the top bro. three. I mean, Let's come on, Jazz now. Corner, hottest team in the league. Yeah, it's regular season Jazz points. Ten in a row, ten in a row, or something, right? Yeah, I mean, they beat the Mavs twice at home, which uh, the Mavs look like they're spiraling, it, kind of like I predicted. <sighs> The COVID stuff is like the COVID and the injuries, man, have like really wrecked that team. Like yeah. I kind of thought Luca would be able to, yeah, I guess keep it afloat until like Kristaps Porzingis came back. But maybe people oh finally figured him out a little bit, defensively wise. I I, uh, I kind of just wonder if like he's he's just never gonna be that guy that he was that second year in New York, where he legit looked like he could be like the next. Uh, like the next dominant big guy, and he's just—he just looks like a shell of himself. Mm. I mean, you know, maybe Dallas missed out on their window to like flip him for something. But so, what's the play here if I you're mean, Dallas? I mean, you—you're kind of banking on Kristaps being a twenty and ten guy. Yeah, yeah. The problem is they're basically locked into Kristaps' money, right? Because they—they they traded for him from the Knicks and then they signed him to that long-term deal. And the only way you can really restructure that team is to flip, flip the point Porzingis. guards. And you need, basically, if you're going to get rid of KP, you need a, a guy that can either be like a three, four or five coming back on, you know, as like a return. But I don't know where they get that because it's like, where are you going to, where are you, I mean, I mean, I guess realistically, Giannis sign, re, uh, extending, signing the extension with Milwaukee kind of killed this whole Dallas thing, right? Because if they had the ability to have Giannis next year with Luka, then it's like, okay, it, it just kind of fixes their whole, every issue they have. Because Giannis will bring, like, size and defense, knows how to play, right? Takes the ball in crunch time, puts it in Luka's hand, which is kind of like the the main kryptonite for like Giannis's game right now is like what do you do like with four minutes to go definitely so i don't really know what you do with Kristaps in terms of like like who would want him you know how do you flip him the only thing i can think of is like the kings where the kings might just want to get rid of like bagley get harrison and barnes back on the mavs it's like bagley and darren fox Maybe a pick for Kristaps was like that pick would probably be pretty good because the Kings are probably gonna be pretty bad. What if you got like Buddy Healed and Bagley? Yeah, if you got Buddy Healed, yeah. If you got Buddy Healed and Bagley for like Kristaps plus one, yeah. I think that's like 
a trade that Dallas would want. I just don't understand why Sacramento would want that. Yeah, it doesn't really move either team upwards besides, okay, Dallas has a playable center, and maybe Sacramento gets a playable center. And Dallas gets more three-point shooting. I mean, Buddy Hill, like, the more shooting you surround Luka with, the better. Yeah, I mean, clearly. How but do the, How do we get Jared Allen in Dallas? <laughs> that would have been a fucking trip right there. I would have paid money to see that. Maybe they get DeAndre Kevin Jordan Love. somehow. Kevin Love... It feels like there's got to be a third team in there where you send Kevin Love somewhere and then somehow Jared Allen goes down to Dallas and then Kristaps goes to like this third team and then Cleveland basically gets rid of the big contract of Kevin Love off their books. Hmm. I don't know. I'll have to think about that one. Um, do you have, I guess, like stock up or stock down in Dallas making the playoffs? I'm kind of stocked down right now. Yeah. I don't know if it's uh I think a little bit of it is uh some of the COVID break. Uh you know, the just going back to the bubble for a minute. I mean Kristaps had a couple breakout games. You know, Luca obviously had some nice playoff points there. Uh it looked really up and up and then the summer or I guess not really the summer, but the break happened. Everybody looked a little bit out of shape. They brought in Richardson, he looked out of place for a long time. I think he still looks out of place and i feel like trading seth curry away was their biggest mistake of the offseason yeah but it but it's like one of those mistakes you kind of have to make in order to get some defense with, from josh Richardson. yeah like I, like I mean it'd be nice if they could figure out a way to add a defender and keep seth curry but it's i also like I don't hate the trade just because I understand what they were trying to do. You know, it from, it uh, makes a lot of sense on paper, but from the eye test, it looks bad. Like yeah. you see Seth Curry now kind of looking almost like a starter in Philly. Dude, he, in that Lakers game, it, I really want to get into this like Lakers game, but like, uh, we were like feeling Lakers. Oh my God. It was, he has looked so good at just doing the things that they're asking him to do. He's basically looking like Fred Van Vliet during that uh, that playoff run in 2019. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great comparison. Yeah, I agree. And it's like, if you can get seven months of that, like, holy shit. On top of that, like, imagine, you get the nepotism points. I mean, come on, what else could you want? Well, imagine if you throw out Seth Curry and you're playing a box and one against Steph Curry and you throw out Seth Curry as the one. <laughs> like, <laughs> the internet would actually, like r slash NBA would actually break. Well, you remember a couple years back when he was on Portland and like they kind of did that. Like they had Seth match up against Steph and that was a fucking great like 10 minutes of that game. I love that. Uh, Dude, that is a team that nobody's talking about is Portland. Yeah. What's going on with Portland? They're doing all right. I, I, I had a lot of stock in them being like a top four team. I, I, I thought they were going to be like the third or fourth best team in the West. I mean, I mean, obviously it's like really uh, early, and it's, you know, if they win like two more games right now, they're probably like sitting like third, right? So as opposed to I think they're like six right now. So it's like it's still very tight in kind of the three to like six, three to seven range in the West, but. I just saw having Nurkic back, Rodney Hood back, and oh man, who another year of Gary Trent Jr. and oh, I'm forgetting somebody. 
forgetting somebody. Oh, Rocco. Covington. And I just thought, okay, this team will be like pretty solid because you're going to have, you know, the, the, the McCollum Lillard backcourt. Then you get like Carmelo just, you know, when you need him. And then you got Nurkic back, which is like huge for like offense and defense. Then you just throw out like your randos like uh, Anthony Simons and like Rodney Hood and Collins and uh, Gary Trent Jr. and like Derek Jones. And it just feels like you got not like that signature wing guy that you need, but at least like enough uh, by committee. Hmm. Feels like that's not panning out as hopeful as I wanted it to be. Because I think the problem last year was right the perennial injury problem. And Yeah. Yeah, I mean as long as they stay healthy, I think they're gonna They're like, gonna be a solid four, I think. I could see a four. Yeah, the other thing I can't really figure out is like if they play the Lakers, who guards LeBron? Or, like, if they play the Clippers, who guards Kawhi? Right. It's a matchups thing. I mean, we saw that last year in the playoff bubble. I, I guess earlier. Yeah, I mean, that's been, yeah. like, Portland's problem for, like, 10 years now. It's been, like, they don't have a small forward. <laughs> that's very true. So, I think an interesting what-if with that team that I would revisit another time is the whole, you know, how they got Nurkic, and that could have easily have been Jokic instead of Nurkic back then. Right. That's right. an interesting fucking what if. Because that team with Jokic seems fucking unbeatable. I- I'm sorry. Like, you know, with the. Yeah, it seems like a much. It's, a, it's just basically better Denver, right? Because you have Lillard being basically Jamal Murray on roids. And then you have uh, McCollum basically being a better version of. I don't know. What other, like, Denver guard do you want to go with? It doesn't really matter. Actually, right? Jamal like, Murray. <laughs> yeah, basically. And then it's just, like, the rest of, like, Denver's team is just made up of, like, guys who kind of float in and out, right? It's just, like, um, you know, like, like more, uh, Morris and uh, who's Gary Harris and Will Barton and stuff, right? And that's basically what Portland already has. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, that would be kind of, that'd be kind of dope. Right, that that's uh, gonna go down as like one of those weird, uh, you know. I could see like a ten yeah. minute YouTube special on it, like, you know, what if the 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 Nuggets traded this guy instead of that guy? Because I remember at the time it was such like, uh, oh, one person's one thing and one person's the other thing, and they weren't really developed enough to have much of a difference, but they were both like Serbian foreign people, and it turned out, yeah. you know, Denver kept the better one, but they could have easily traded away the wrong one, and. Yeah, the only thing I could see Portland doing to really get better is to, like, they had the asset in McCollum to get Bradley Beal. I and Bradley would agree. Beal can play your three. We've proposed that, that trade for the past the three years, and I agree yeah. with it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah, Bradley Beal. I, it feels like if he's going to go anywhere, he's going to go west. Absolutely. Is there any way Dallas can get Bradley Beal just to make that team not look like they're bleeding? Not unless, like, Washington tapes Kristaps Porzingis back, which I feel like would sort of be the most, like, Wizards thing ever. It's like, well, we got rid of John Wall. <laughs> but now it's, like, Westbrook and Kristaps Porzingis. It's like your, like your two-man game. 
which like kind of sounds like hilarious. Um, <laughs> it sounds like a sitcom. <laughs> the only like Drew Holiday is basically doing that for the Bucks. The Nets really can't afford it. The Sixers can't really afford it unless they like do Ben Simmons. I don't really think they want to get rid of Ben Simmons right now, just because of what Ben Simmons is doing on defense. Be pretty nutty. Throw, well, you can throw Ben Simmons on Kevin Durant. They're both seven feet tall, and Ben Simmons is a better defender. Or you can, th- or you know, you can throw him on Anthony Davis, or you can throw him on LeBron. You can throw him on Tatum. Like he's very a versatile defender. You can throw him on Giannis probably too. I mean, he's such a versatile defender. Um, I guess the most. The one that probably makes the most sense on paper for Washington would be getting picks. So it would be like Minnesota, right? Like Minnesota could give them like Anthony Edwards and probably what's going to be a top five pick this year. Or I guess Golden State and like Wiseman and like Wiseman, Wiggins and a pick or something. Or you just give them like picks. Hmm. Yeah, fixing the Wizards is pretty fucking difficult because you kind of have the Kings problem of they just do dumb shit for no reason. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I want to go back to a a point you said, which was Ben Simmons on defense. I mean, just for predictions from like the past two years, I don't think we were expecting that per se. Oh, bro, I've, 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 I've had such a hard on for Ben Simmons. You you know I have. I I drafted him in like fantasy basketball when he was out for the year. <laughs> like I don't think anybody expected him to be like this first team all defense, uh, and then oh, not dude, be was, able to shoot a three. I I was so convinced that he was going to be like. I actually thought he was going to be even better. Like I thought he was going to be like an MVP type of guy, <laughs> which he's not going to get there unless he figures out the scoring part of it. But. Oh man, I was like, dude, this guy can guard everybody and he can like uh you know, he's like if he could just figure out how to score, I was like, dude. And I just I, I just I always thought he was gonna figure out how to score, but like clearly it's plateaued. Like it, it's just it's just I've like started having doubts that it's actually gonna happen. Like the first two, three years I was like, Oh no, he'll 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 figure it out, he'll figure it out. But like now I'm legitimately having doubts about him ever figuring it out. So this is definitely like the last year for Philly, right? Yeah, of them putting Embiid and Simmons together. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think it has to be because if Ben Simmons isn't going to give you anything on offense, it it kind of just caps like his potential. Like I I really thought this guy was going to be like an MVP guy at some point, but if he can't score twenty points a game consistently, like it, it, he's not going to get he's not going to win MVP. I like mean, he's not going to. We've ridden the ship four times in a row, and the best we got was. I guess you could say one bounce away from playing an injured Golden State in the finals, right? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. They would have played Milwaukee, and I think Milwaukee would have actually beaten Philly. Yeah, I, I, I think that was fair to say that year. Yeah. I think Kawhi was such a weird matchup problem for the Bucks. Um, but, uh, I mean, the thing with like Ben Simmons is that he can just... He can rebound, he can pass, and he can play defense. If you could just figure out how to, like... <laughs> Make some free throws. It's like, dude, he would actually, I think, I think he has the potential to be better than Giannis. If he can figure out how to score, but he can't figure out how to score, so it doesn't matter. 
It's funny, though, because you'd think a guy like him would almost do a Westbrook type thing where he just fishes for the triple double. But he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. I think his, like, when he has triple doubles, and I think he's already, like, top 15 all time on triple doubles, like, he, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like he's stat padding. It just seems like it's a byproduct of him being focused in the game. I almost want to say it's like he doesn't try that hard. You know, it's kind of like when LeBron would put up like 27, 7, and 7. And you just were like, you'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, like what else would he do? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, you just take it for granted. It's kind of how it feels. It feels like he's just always kind of like around 8, 9 rebounds, 8, 9 assists, and like 12 points. Yeah. That's a shame because it feels like he could really be like 16, 10, and 10 if he really wanted to put his foot down. I'm telling you, dude, if you could figure out how to be 27 and 7, I mean, this Philly team would be insane. I think they would be better. I think they would actually be better than Brooklyn if if they have this Ben Simmons piece of it. Mm. But they do not. So what about the other uh, guy on Philly, though? Embiid, bro. Yeah. Um MVP frontrunner or do you think it's LeBron? I don't think it's I don't think it's Embiid. I don't think he'll ever win it, unfortunately. Bro, he's playing insane there right now. <laughs> That's so true. It's very true. I mean, I sent you that thing like the other day about like uh that like heat map of like uh you know, like ten guys over the past ten years, and it's like I think Embiid's number is like second out of like that entire group for the past 10 years behind like 2016 Steph <laughs> like he his his true shooting and like oh man it's it's wild like what he's doing right now he's he's shooting a 50 40 90 <laughs> almost it's just the free throws but so, so let me let me pitch you this way so in the mvp you know tier list right now mm. What I've been seeing people say is LeBron number one still. That's where I have a hard time with Embiid is how does he get over the top? Yeah. Uh, LeBron would have to finish like third in the West and Philly like one in the East. Like I think if Philly is one in the East, it's a lot easier pillow swallow. Yeah. And I think the Lakers can't be the best team. Because I think you're going to have part of this where it's like... Best player, best team, for sure. LeBron was a contender last year, you know, before uh, before, uh, COVID uh, interrupted the season. And then he's clearly, like, the best guy when it actually came down to, like, the last three rounds of the playoffs. Finals MVP. And now he's, like, legit, like, the best... Like, he's the best Laker. Like... There hasn't been this passing of the torch thing with Anthony Davis yet. So that's, I think, he's got kind of the like the narrative part of it. And also, I think there's this whole idea where, like, he's in his 18th, 18th year, I think. So, like, how many more years could he, like, like, he's running out of seasons two in the MVP as opposed to Embiid theoretically still has, like, five years that he could win it. So, so here's my, like you said, I, I don't think, think that's the, true. But... The narrative is 
poised for LeBron James yet again. And even though I don't think it's justified, because it should have the same problem that Harden and CP had, where it's like, okay, you've got two of the top 15 players on the same team. Like, mm-hmm. you legit, you can't make one of them the MVP. Um, and now the bubble, yeah. the bubble experience kind of changed that just because of how weird it was. But like with Philly, I think you can still make that case because, okay, maybe you could say Ben Simmons is the top. 25 well, the gap guy. is bigger. All right. Yeah. But Embiid's got to be the best center in the NBA. Yeah, the gap between Embiid and Simmons is much bigger than between LeBron and Anthony Davis. Exactly. And the, even you know, with the rest of that team. Like, he's got a bunch of more schlubs than LeBron has. I mean, LeBron's got like yeah. 18 rings on that team combined. Yeah, you take you take Embiid off Philly and they are a 500 team. You take LeBron off the Lakers, I also think that they're basically going to be a 500 team. But I think, like, Anthony Davis could figure out how to drag that team into, like, a 7 seed. Whereas I don't think Ben Simmons could do it without Embiid. Um, I also think, like, Embiid has the narrative of being kind of the new guy and being a big. Like, I know Giannis has won it the past two years, but he's like a he's like a new age big. Whereas Embiid is a little bit more of, like, a big that you would have seen in the early 2000s. So I've also heard Jokic being in this conversation. Yes. Yes, he should. He's, he's been insane. <laughs> Cause he's, is he really averaging a triple double right now? I know it was really close last time I checked. Uh, let me, let me, let me drag a basketball reference real quick, but he's gotta be pretty damn close. He is at 26 points. 11 rebounds and nine assists. Yeah, so, so he's, he's right he's on the cusp. Him. Yeah. But I think he's going to have the problem of if they're behind the Lakers, Clippers, Jazz in the West and they're fourth. Do they get it? I don't I don't know if they get it just because like he would be fourth in the West. I feel like the MVP is almost always apart from that Westbrook year is going to be like you got to you got to make like best player best team basically. Yeah, at least like the top two teams, you know, like you gotta really be gunning for like top top seed. Yeah, that, that that seems like such a narrative mountain to climb. I mean, especially looking at the West, you know, just how much of a bloodbath it is at the top. You know, I think that may be part of the reason why Giannis, you know, had you also easier time. It's like a signature game, right? Like the big thing right now was uh, Philly and the Lakers basically just played each other uh, earlier in the week. And that was kind of like the signature game of the year right now, where you had the best team in the West and the best team in the East current champs versus kind of the, the new guys on the block and Embiid won. And so Embiid kind of gets like the kind of flips the narrative a little bit, right. Where it's like, all right, maybe now he's a front runner because he beat LeBron. Whereas like Jokic hasn't had like a, like a breakout game this year, Mm. like a, like a highlights game. That we can just like point to and be like, oh, dude, you remember when this happened? And like, this is why like he won. Whereas we can, uh, you know, we can remember like all those times like Westbrook, like, uh, you know, hit buzzer beaters at the end of that 2017 season. Um, or like we can remember like Steph going off in 2016 and like, you know, hitting that dagger three against Oklahoma City to basically like murder basketball in that in that city. <laughs> <laughs> the shot heard around the world yeah yes so it's, it's like <laughs> i think i think Jokic kind of needs something like that where it's like and maybe it'll happen right just because like 
he's going to play the Lakers at some point, and he's going to play the Jazz, and he'll play, like, Philly. And then it's like, oh, Jokic versus Embiid. And I'm like, what if Jokic is, like, 40 and 15 that night, and, like, Embiid is, like, 22 and 10? And and that's maybe another knock against Jokic, right, as you think about the bubble last year and how the playoffs went down, you know. You had the crazy Jamal Murray stretches, and then they kind of, I don't want to say folded under the Lakers, but it just looked like they were on a different tier. Uh, Yeah, I mean... And that's your direct competition. Yeah, I mean, basically... The Nuggets basically ran into the problem that they that like every team has had for the past decade, which is like, how do you beat LeBron, or how do you match up against LeBron? And obviously, the Clippers basically, um, their whole team is built around this, right? They got Kawhi and PG, like they they doubled down on it. (laughs) You know, Golden State went out and got Kevin Durant, right? They got rid of Harrison Barnes, put in Kevin Durant. Like, a lot of it is about basically just trying to solve the LeBron problem. And, ah, uh, you know, Michael Porter Jr. is basically the guy that's playing the opposite, you know, number to LeBron. And so if he can't do it, then, you know, they're just not going to. So this brings me back to the Jazz. And that was my tricky way of talking about Denver. So the Jazz right now, you know, they're on this pretty big hot streak. But it reminds me so much of sort of like December of last year where... You know, I was I was ragging on the Conley trade really hard, and it was really it justified. Bad. It, yeah. it was really justified, okay. But they did like pull it together right before COVID hit. It was like, okay, the Jazz are climbing. It's like they were like an eight seed and they climbed up to like four. It was like, okay, maybe they figured it out, and they kind of brought back all the pieces together after they signed Gobert to that fucking stupid ass overpaid yeah, deal. I I was actually really high on the jazz until they re-signed go bear and i was like oh like this know, is man. this team's best form is it not like what the fuck do they expect to do to go up after this it's the thing is is that with conley i don't know if it feels like conley has to be like your third best player on that team right Mitchell and then Bogdanovich and then Conley. Yeah, I, for people, you run sets for yeah. I think Rudy's like always going to be up there, but he doesn't really like actually do anything. I mean, Rudy's there for like defense, like realistically, and he's there to like you know get some lobs, put backs, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, um, kind of feels like Conley is going to be like has to be like their third, like, either him or Joe Ingles, right? Have to have to be like their third best player on offense. I can't be Joe Ingles. It can't be. Don't tell like, me do that. You, can you really trust Mike Conley? Like, you know, I don't know how old Mike Conley is, but like, he's he's out there, man. So if you're throwing out like your crunch time lineup is Conley Mitchell, and I know that they almost did beat Denver in that game seven. Like, Mike Conley didn't miss by much, but right, you figure Mitchell and Conley are your backcourt. Gobert's the five. Ingles at the four, and Bogdanovich at the three. Yeah, or mismatch the two white guys, sure. Yeah. I mean, is that is that really gonna win you like get you past the second round? I mean, you have the same LeBron problem. Like they do every time they play LeBron. Like <laughs> every team has a LeBron problem. Like they're great against Paul George, but they can't like they can't yeah. do shit against LeBron. I mean, come on now. Like like that 
this team screams to me you know small market problems in a nutshell and it's so sad and i guess i wanted to touch on this i was thinking about the other day you know uh, if this team had bradley beal they would be they, this would actually be like the sleeper pick in the west oh for sure 100 percent. i mean bradley beal for donovan mitchell right now i mean come on now <laughs> i was thinking you would keep donovan mitchell <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why Washington would take back all these like random players, but like, so so, you know, you you, you were kind of uh didn't say it, but you were kind of trying to say, it, and that is, you know, Mike Conley's kind of getting up there, right? He's been around a while, you know. He's not really uh, you know, he had those crazy Grizzlies teams, you know, he had this one Jazz run or two. He is thirty three years old. So you gotta be thinking he's on the way out, and we just paid him a bajillion dollars as well. Yeah. So this is a guy that's always been claimed as the original all-star snub, right? You know, never actually made an all-star team, even though he was the leader of those Grizzlies grit and grind teams. Maybe he just isn't an all-star. If he was in the East all those years, like if Memphis was uh, an Eastern team. Like they should be. They're east of the Mississippi. They should be an Eastern Conference team. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> let's bring back Seattle and let's do it. Then you can move Memphis over. Um, he would definitely have made like an all-star. Yeah, like 2011, like 2015, he was a very good guard. The problem was that the guard position is just so stacked. Yeah. It's like you're just yeah. not going to get it. And for what he does, which is more of like the, you know, like a traditional like setup guard, you know, as opposed to like a like a point first, uh, like a scoring point guard. You know, like a like a Westbrook, right? Who scores first, and then you know Conley's more of the like old school, like John Stockton type, right? Where he's passing to the big guy and stuff. I, I think he's got. I think he can bring in value. I just think it's going to be more like uh, you know how Rondo in the finals was actually like really good. Like playoff Rondo. Sure, yeah. I don't know if Mike Conley can do that. So, like, can Mike Conley have his version of that? Where I get stuck at is uh, thinking about this team from from like a top down level. It reminds me a lot of uh, Miami to an extent. You know, you've got this sort of defensively minded basic game plan. You've got you know, your setup guard, your dynamic two guard, your hodgepodge of guards and small forwards that kind of play defense, but definitely can shoot threes. Uh, you know, maybe your one difference is, okay, you know, instead of your instead two of, guard being your defensive mastermind, yeah. it's your center, and then you flip the offensive skills with the defensive skills, right? Uh, so it's almost like, okay, if you could swap Bam and Rudy right now, That'd be a fucking interesting deal for one. Uh, but it's like that team just doesn't. It's like like Miami. It's like one star away from being a real contender still. Yeah. I, I mean, I can see the Jazz being like a very fun regular season team. I just don't know what they do in the playoffs. Like they're a great kind of team, but they ain't problem, going right? anywhere. It's a Milwaukee problem, right? 
Whether... I think it's worse than the Milwaukee problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, like, it's not like having Giannis, but I guess it's the same kind of idea where it's like, yeah, I can see this team being every anybody on a given night in the regular season. I just don't understand how they get past Kawhi and LeBron and Jokic. Yeah. And even probably Dame. I still want to see that matchup, though. I feel like we don't get that one enough. Yeah, it's weird, right? Man, man, I really wish like we could just go straight to like one through sixteen and add in some of these West teams. Like, oh man, like the Warriors are they're kind of turning it on a little bit, and I'm kind of getting hyped because it's like I was a believer that the Warriors were gonna get like the eight spot in the West, and I look like a complete moron the first like ten days into the season. <laughs> but Wiseman looks like he might like pull it together, and and like. I think having Draymond back, like Draymond is, is clearly not like Draymond Draymond, but he's like, he's fixed a lot of their problems very quickly. Seems like their morale is just way up ever since he came back. And Steph had and that think, one like, crazy game too. Like yes. that helped a lot. Yeah, dude, he finally cracked the 60 point mark. <laughs> like we could have predicted that this year because how else are they going to fucking win a game? Yeah, I mean, that's why <laughs> I was like such a big believer. I was like, oh, so if Steph just goes like nuclear enough times, like this team will make the playoffs. So where do you have your current MVP ranking? So we threw out LeBron, Embiid, Jokic. You think Luca's in there? Or you think like? Nah, Luca's out of it for me. I think he's on the outside looking in right now. I think like if you have to put like the guys on there, I would probably go. I think like Embiid and LeBron are kind of that first tier front runners, and then I think it's like Jokic and Kevin Durant as like that second tier and then Luca's kind of in that third where it's like if the Mavs start improving a lot like they'll you know I mean if the Mavs can scrape up like a third seed without KP then he's got a case yeah then he's got a case yeah but that seems pretty far fetched so I I would agree with you I think I still have LeBron at like ultimate number one just because of like we said the narratives and everything and uh just populist bias and all that but I think Embiid is there if I, I think he had to get like the new guy vote where it's like the contender oh, he has, like now yeah. arrived you know like that first Tiana season or um the incumbent bias Steph won it right where yeah where it's like Giannis clearly isn't not he's just not gonna win it this year right I mean <laughs> I don't like even if they finish first. I I just don't think he's gonna get it because of the playoffs stuff. I think people just as a as a general public don't respect the Sixers enough. Like they know the Sixers are good, but mm -hmm. sort of their playoff crumbles. They're like you kind of like after that Clippers year last year. It's like oh, can you really trust this? Like it does it really feel good to say Embiid's the best player and then they crumble in the playoffs? Like no, it doesn't feel good to say that. Yeah, especially because they've been, like, apart from that Toronto series, they've been bad in the playoffs. The Boston like, series like, was bad, yeah. Both Boston series, right? Like, the, the first time around with the Bellinelli game, right? The, the confetti game. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, bad. that was just a bad series for them. And then, obviously, uh, last year, they got they got swept, or was it Gentleman Sweep? Uh, Gentleman Sweep, I, I think. Either way, it was bad. I mean, they've just been 
but I don't know. Something just seems a little bit different about this time around. Like, you know, kind of going back to this Lakers game, Ben Simmons can guard LeBron and Anthony Davis. And, you know, he's not going to match them point for point, but he can kind of beat them at, you know, kind of the rest of his game with the assists and the defense. And then Embiid against Anthony Davis is like a legit, like, interesting matchup. And then Tobias Harris is like your third guy is probably better than the Lakers' third guy. Right, but LeBron is the best guy on that field. Yeah, but over general, right? But like in a per game game, like Embiid could have a like could play could out duel LeBron in a game. And I feel like Ben Simmons can do enough on the defensive side to kind of screw up LeBron. It's kind of like you know, uh, for a few years there, basically teams that were winning uh, finals MVP, the guys who would win finals MVP were basically just LeBron stoppers. Kawhi, Iggy. It kind of feels like that. It's like, oh, Ben Simmons is like, he's not really doing anything on offense. Neither was Iggy that year, really. But he does enough on defense to kind of like take LeBron out of the equation a little bit, and it forces Anthony Davis to do more. I mean, if that and... team still had Jimmy Butler over Tobias Harris, let's yeah, be honest. I mean, that's a, yeah, that's a better team. But I mean... <laughs> Well, part of what I like about Tobias Harris is that Tobias Harris, you could throw on LeBron, too. You know? like, And then you can throw... I don't know why you would want to do this, but you can throw Ben Simmons on, like, Schroeder. Playing, or like, safety. Yeah. You know? And, I don't know, like, I kind of... I really like Philly defensively against the Lakers just because they can kind of do both LeBron and Anthony Davis. Like, last last year's playoffs, the problem was in the first round... It was like, oh, Portland, they have nobody that can take on LeBron, right? And then the second round with, like, Houston, it was like, oh, they don't have anybody that can match up against Anthony Davis. And then in the third round, it was like, Denver doesn't have anybody that can match up against LeBron. And then Miami, for the most part, it was like, Bam was so compromised that it's like he just couldn't match up against Anthony Davis. It was almost like they were kind of going back and forth, back and forth. Right, yeah, Philly's bit. one of the few teams that has an answer for both. I'll give you that one. And I think they have a problem that, that the Lakers may not be able to solve, which is Seth Curry. Yeah, I mean, Seth Curry killed them in the last, like, five matchups they had against the, the LeBron. I think, like, Seth Curry's shooting is, you know, it's the most reliable shooting between those two teams. Because historically, he's one of the greatest three-point like shooters ever. And you have like a defective uh, trader in Danny Green as well. I mean, you know all the secrets. Good point. So, uh, hmm. I don't know. It was just a very intriguing game to watch just because of how it was like Philly could basically kind of break down the game a little bit and force the Lakers to like adjust and they just couldn't quite make adjustment fast enough Mm. because the first half Philly was clearly rolling through that game and then it looked like LeBron was trying to figure it out there towards the end and they just kind of ran out of time because they were doing some stuff with Marcus Gasol which was actually like super interesting where they had LeBron Anthony Davis and Marcus Gasol all at the same time and it was kind of dope because they would basically 
have Anthony Davis hover at like the three point line, throw Marcus all on the block, and then have LeBron like go from the corner, like be in the corner, and then either be like a three point threat out there or like a backdoor cut from like a Marcus all pass. And it's like you can't really double team Gasol in the pass because that leaves Anthony Davis open or it leaves LeBron open <laughs> from three. Like and it's like you're not gonna run, like <laughs> you know what I mean. It's like you're not gonna leave those two guys alone. And Marcus All is like good enough to make a pass. Mm. That's still so nutty to me that they got Marcus All after all those. All Bro, that it's time. it's wild and it's like it's so dope watching him instead of like Dwight, where it's like you know he's actually gonna do something like besides just kind of look to dunk. Yeah, but I mean, you gotta be happy Dwight got a ring. I mean. Are we? I don't know. <laughs> and that will do it for this episode of Heart in the Paint Podcast. We're not happy Dwight Howard finally got a uh, championship ring. You know, go... Uh... Dwight Howard owns 92% of Robin Hood, just so you know. That's why we should hate him. Yeah, he owns 92% of Robin Hood and 0% of GameStop. So, I mean, <laughs> someone's a little jealous over there. Uh, again, a special shout-out to our sponsor of Doer's White Label for this episode of Heart in the Paint Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode please uh share your thoughts below we'd love to hear what you think about philly and houston and the nets and and really everything we we mentioned today and we're always available at the emails and the socials below you know give us a like a comment share thumbs up smack that subscribe button you know do all that juicy stuff you guys do you know uh we're starting an only fans pretty soon so Make sure you hit that one up for all those spicy NBA photo shoots, and we'll see you next time.